0: hi welcome to another episode of the transformations with jane podcast i'm jane nakata your host creator of jumpstart and the woman in japan mastermind So, thank you for listening again today. And I'm very excited because when you're listening to this episode, it means that we are celebrating the one year anniversary of the Transformations with Jane podcast. I cannot believe that we have actually made it through a whole year of podcasting because when I started back in March, uh, one year ago, I just had this teeny tiny goal that I would record 10 episodes and see what happened. And I went into the closet at my mother's house in New Zealand with my iPhone and my headphones with the mic on it, and I recorded my first episode. I actually recorded quite a few interviews from that closet as well, but somehow it worked. And I'm so grateful that to have so many listeners out there now who Really look forward to the episode. So, thank you so much for your support over this last year. Now, to um, celebrate, I wanted to do something really special for my listeners. So, and I'd also like to ask for your help to spread the word about the Transformations with Jane podcast. So, I have created a one year anniversary. Um, celebration team so if you'd like to join this team then please go to the link in the show notes get on the list and you will get all the information delivered to your inbox how you can uh, join in the celebration how you can share the podcast and help other people to find out about it And also how you can be in to win the very, very awesome prize that I have for you. Now, this prize is so awesome. Yeah, you're going to have to join to find out about it, though. I'm being a bit sneaky, aren't I? But it really is an awesome prize. So I do want people who are motivated in helping to share about the podcast to come and help me celebrate the one-year anniversary. So definitely jump into the show notes, click on the link, sign up, and you will get instantly get the information delivered to you how you can take part in the celebration. It's going to be exciting. So on to today's episode, which is with Emilia Burgoglio. I hope I've said that right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've been practicing. She is a wonderful, wonderful woman from Italy, who has been living in Tokyo for four years now. And she's studying neuroscience. She's doing her PhD in neuroscience at Tokyo University, which is very awesome in itself, even though she said to me, oh, you know, (laughs) there's nothing special about me. I'm like, what? Anyway, so she is doing her PhD in neuroscience and she's been here for four years now, but she's also very passionate about the impact that our, that the fashion industry is having on our environment. And so something that she started out with as a hobby became, has become kind of her, um, reason for being almost. Yeah. So, um, she started by sewing all her own clothes and now she creates pieces from, uh, you know, kimono that have been, uh, you know, sold to recycling shops. She makes um, things out of, you know, textiles that are have no commercial value anymore. So if you pop over to her Instagram, you'll be able to see some of the very cool things that she makes. So I hope you enjoy this episode, uh, talking to Aminia, and I hope you will take on some of her ideas that she has for how we can be more um aware of the impact that our choices around fashion and our daily life choices are making on the environment and and do your small small part because all of those small parts definitely add up to something really big so i hope you enjoy this interview Hi, welcome to the Transformations with Jane's podcast, Amelia. It's great to have you on the show today.
1: Oh, hi, thanks for having me. My pleasure.
0: Yeah, so exciting. And so, whereabouts are you talking
1: to us from today? Uh, so, my lab in Tokyo, in Hong Kong, lab- to be more specific.
0: <laughs> Your lab in Tokyo. We've, I have not had a podcast guest. Uh, recording from a lab before, yeah?
1: Yeah, so directly from the University of Tokyo.
0: Wow, that's very, very cool. So, what do you do there? What, like, Why are you hanging out in a lab <laughs> at the University of Tokyo?
1: Uh, so, I'm a PhD student uh, in neuroscience. I'm a biologist and um, and I work with some animal models and and I'm especially interested in neurodevelopmental disorders like autism and schizophrenia. So I, I study like genes and proteins involved, which may or may not be involved in these diseases. I mean, to, to make the long story short. So yeah, so I hang out in the lab a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, so how did you come to be in Japan and at Tokyo University studying neuroscience?
1: Yes. Ah. so... Um, I did my master's degree in Trieste. I'm from Italy, so uh, Trieste is a town in the Northeast, and the degree was international, so we were all encouraged to go abroad for th- our thesis. And I was looking around and didn't know where to go. I didn't have any particular preference. And I started sending emails, um, and one email I sent to Riken, which is a famous research in, in an institute in Japan that has several campuses. Um, and the boss of this lab was like, sure, come anytime. And I was like, okay, why not? I will come. <laughs> <laughs> and that was uh, like in 2015, between 2015 and 2016. And I liked it when I went back, I graduated and uh, and I went to do a PhD. In the meantime, I got married. Um, So, and I decided to come back and see what happened uh, and found a PhD position and never went back basically now I'm here.
0: So are you planning to be here like long term?
1: Uh, yeah, that's the idea. Uh, my husband, I kind of like it here. You can have a, I mean, of course, there are problems. It's not the perfect place, but uh, we like our lives here. And we like Japan. And he likes the Japanese language. I don't understand that. but. Um, mm but
0: yeah so we're planning to stay i'll oh, so he's obviously not japanese no he's american
1: no he's american
0: so um it's kind of a like a, a middle of the you're both um making some you know um you're both not in your home country yeah you're both yeah, living yeah, abroad. Yeah. it's 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 kind of it's kind of nice in that respect that you know both people are making some what's the word i can't even think of the english word um <clears throat>
1: Uh, I don't know, but yeah, I kind of like the fact that we don't, we came without baggage, so I mean, so to speak, uh, we both don't have families here, our families are at the other side of the world in both cases, and so it's just like the two of us, and we don't have to play by any rules, just our rules, and of course, like, you know, Japanese law. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But other than that, it's just the two of us, Um, and that's very freeing and nice. Yeah, so
0: um, how do you get on with living in Japan wherein neither of you are like local to the country? Is there anything that comes up for you that you struggle with? Um,
1: well, so uh how can i put this and be politically correct uh, sometimes i struggle with the fact that so i i work in a scientific environment and still despite english being the language of science the level is very low so i'm not right. saying that when i go outside and i don't know go to the company i never expect them to know any english mm-hmm. and actually i i expect them to talk to me in japanese and when they don't i'm a bit like why yeah (laughs) just because i'm a foreigner but at least in the lab sometimes i'm a bit frustrated Uh, but other than that i mean it's i find that um often i mean i i realized this with myself when i came here i had all sorts of ideas about how it was going to be but um, ultimately i just try to have my mind open and I uh, try to understand where people come from, uh, culturally, especially. Uh, many things are done differently than where I am from or where I've... I've I mean, Japan is not the first foreign country I live in, and, but they were all European countries and we're all kind of similar. Um, so uh, I just try to accept like, the differences and, uh, and I'm all about dialogue. So if uh, I what I don't accept is that sometimes there is uh, I there is a wall and people just tell me oh no no this is the way it is it has always been done and they don't kind of give me any motive uh, or reason behind it so that it's something I struggle with but if there's dialogue uh, then it's everything gets better and I have we both give each other the chance to understand where we're coming from. I don't know if that
0: answers your question. Oh, no, no, and it's interesting you mentioned the wall, um, mm. because there are a lot of walls in Japan that us foreigners cannot see oh, until yeah. we crash into one.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> this, you know, invisible barrier or wall that all the Japanese people know is there.
1: Yes, and, uh, and but they don't tell
0: you about it, and they don't tell you about it because they don't necessarily. Or oh, they don't know that you don't know that it's not there, right? Yes. So yes. it's not that they're not telling you about it. It's just that they just assume that, you know, there's a wall there <laughs> and that you should just turn around and go back. Yeah. But until you crash into one, then you're like, oh, what? I'm uh, this or whatever, you know? So, mm.
1: Yeah. Oh, there was a wall. Oh, my bad. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, I noticed that a lot. Like I'm crashing into fewer and fewer walls these days, it, it does, you start to realize where they could potentially be in the future once you've had a few of these things happen to you. Yeah. yeah. So it gets easier, I do feel. Um, you start to be able to anticipate where um, they might actually be. And if you you check, then you say, oh yeah, okay, yeah, it is the same. <laughs> that is not okay or um, whatever. So it gets, yeah, it does get easier, definitely.
1: Yeah, I guess yeah, you, when you get more acquainted, and I think it's also strongly dependent on your language ability, because if you kind of understand what goes, so for example, I'm Italian, we're very transparent, except where I'm from, where people are really, like, not really talking the way, I mean, not really saying what they mean, but generally speaking, Italians are very transparent. And, and I, my Japanese is not at the level where I can read between the lines. Oh, of course, yeah. So it just takes everything at face value. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think yeah, if you kind of get into have a cultural understanding of the language, uh, that helps. Uh, Avoiding the multiple invisible walls, mm. and it just
0: takes time. I mean, like you said, your first trip here was when 2015 Yeah. So that's what four years ago. Okay. Yeah, basically. So you're still like new. Yes, <laughs> you new. Know? I'm still new. Yeah. I'm still new in the in the scheme of things. Yeah. So even I still feel quite you know relatively new at sixteen years. You know. So. Okay. Um, and as soon as you enter another, at, like, area of your life, uh, like, you know, in, in the moment you're in the academic world and it has its rules, but if you took a step out of that and you went somewhere else, then there's a whole lot of, you know, now you have to sort of oh, reassess yeah. again, right? So, um, yeah, so much to learn. It's a complicated country yeah. that we live in.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I kind I, I of think that probably every place is complicated, but I did say that this is the, biggest divide one can find like between european country western country and japan
0: yeah so i have to say like like i came to japan first and then my husband and i were sent to germany for three years and so for that transition was super easy um but if i'd gone from new zealand straight to germany i probably would have struggled but Uh, since i came to japan first and then i went to germany i was like ah no worries. You got rules? I can do rules, yeah. You
1: can do rules, yeah.
0: <laughs> Your rules, nothing, yeah. I can see the rules, yeah. In Germany, yeah. it's very clear what the rules are, but in uh, Japan, it's like, yeah, they're still they're quite invisible often, so yes.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm, interesting. Okay, yeah, so you are not just a... PhD student, tell us a little bit about your, what in Japan it's called a fukugyo. Would you consider it your fukugyo? Your side hustle?
1: My side hustle, yes. Fukugyo yeah. is so much better than side hustle. So uh, as, a, as a fukugyo, fukugyo. I, <laughs> yeah, I make um, clothing from dead stock. So materials which are like either end of bold or out of production with, with basically no commercial value and uh, old kimono. Mm. and I do so in uh, so everything is made to order so you see it you like it you order it and I make it or in the case of the kimono remake uh, I uh, use a zero waste approach so I take apart the kimono and I reuse every single piece including the lining and the buttons
0: Wow! something
1: new uh, which will be like one of a kind Uh, and also in this case uh, you see it and you like it and you buy it and I just send it to you um, okay. Hopefully we'll not smell of mothballs. Mm, yeah.
0: <laughs> a lot of those key have been like hiding in, yeah. in closets mm-hmm. and things for years, haven't they? And
1: yeah, yeah such I a think... waste. To... Yeah, so <laughs> what <laughs> yeah.
0: That's right. Yeah. So wasteful to have those beautiful, beautiful fabrics just like hiding away and not being yeah. used. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, yeah,
0: sorry. <laughs> some people like say, oh no, you can't cut it up. That's, that's terrible, but I feel like, like cut it up, remake it, use it, give it yeah. a five, go for it. Like, how do you feel about that?
1: Oh, Actually, I don't even cut it up. I just right. unseam
0: it. Um, you just unpin it, right.
1: Yeah, yeah I, just un- I just take the seams apart because the kimono is just a bunch of rectangles uh, of different shapes and lengths are put together. So, but the thing is that this, this kimono I buy, they're all from the recycling shop. So right. these are items people have thrown away, actively thrown away. And I just take them, they're beautiful. And it's like, uh, it's just so wasteful. I guess like my problem is that I have, it's waste. And uh, I see all this beautiful, I've accumulated lots of kimono since I've moved here because I just like them and I wear kimono when I go to the theater or to an exhibition. And I just can't, well, I mean, I can't, uh, understand how people would just, like, toss it. Um, So I want to give this kimono a new life, and hopefully they will bring joy to somebody else's life Mm. and have a second chance. So do you also,
0: um, you've like learned how to put on kimono yourself?
1: Yes. Because
0: that's quite a, um, you know, drawn out process as well, isn't it? To be able to (laughs) learn how to do that.
1: Luckily there's YouTube. (laughs) I, oh, went yeah. a rap, I went on a rabbit hole of YouTube videos with this old, oba, very stern-looking old Obachan, <laughs> to you how to tie your obi in 15 different ways. Um, I mean, it's just trial and error. Of course, there are schools you can go to, um, but I don't know. Like, I have a friend who went to a school, and, we, um, and my kimono and her kimono wearing techniques were not so dramatically different, so I'm not sure if it's really like worth going. I don't know. I have never been. Right.
0: So you're self-taught. That's very cool. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, in this day and age, YouTube is amazing. You can get all these videos. I remember like I studied kimono, what was this, like probably 15 years ago. YouTube didn't exist back then, right? And I had a book. Well, I went to a class with a teacher and I could barely understand what she was saying. But somehow we got to the point where I could actually put on the the actual kimono, but I couldn't quite tie the obi myself.
1: Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got to that sort
0: of point with the teacher. And then I had this book (laughs) that I was trying to learn from in my house. It just wasn't happening. So like a video would just be so much more. Yeah,
1: and also they, so there are, in English or in in Japanese, there are many, 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 and they, every style of obi, like from super formal to super informal, you can find, as long as you know the name of the knot. (laughs) <laughs> right.
0: Okay. Yeah. So it's completely accessible these days. There's, you know, if you want to wear a kimono, there's really no excuse is there. Yeah. yeah.
1: You can totally yeah so
0: there. that's very cool. I should give it another go. Um, it's been a while. <laughs> well, I do like to wear them, but, um, yeah, it's hard work getting them on. And then you feel like you're exhausted by the time yeah, you've I got do. the damn thing on and then you've got to go out. <laughs> like,
1: Done. Like on, And then you can't
0: really walk only small steps. That's right. Or, or drive a car with one on. Oh my God. Yeah. Um That's probably better than walking though, but um, that's the life here in Fukushima. We drive everywhere. So uh,
1: yeah, yeah, drive
0: and park outside the store we want to shop at. Yeah. It's <laughs> not quite the same uh, as Tokyo. Yeah. Here you walk everywhere. So. Exactly. Yeah. So you, you have this love of kimono and that helped you to sort of get started with, you know, making, your own things from um, kimonos yes, so, that have been efficiently, effectively thrown away. Right. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. So what do you yes. make with them? So like lately I've been big on separates uh, because there is in a, in a kimono there's enough fabric to make a top and a skirt or some loose pants. So then also it depends on, it, it really varies. Uh, so sometimes I see the kimono I fall in love with it and I buy it and Then I think for like weeks, what am I going to do with you? Other times I have a vision in mind and I just look for some particular textile which will match this vision. So yeah, but generally like separates or I'd like to make some light coat eventually if I find the right kimono. So these kind of things. And so far I've only had scraps once and with the scraps, I made a pair of suspenders for my husband.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. All sorts of things you can make. <laughs> there will be some yeah. cool suspenders, like kimono yeah, pattern. Really,
1: yeah, they're because it's some. Um, ah, uh, what's the name? Uh, it's this kind of pongee silk, and I really forgot the name sumugi, I think, in Japanese. And um, it it's really gorgeous looking, and it's the same shade of green gray of his eyes, so. It was really <laughs> hectic.
0: Wow. Sounds fantastic. That would be like an, an, a really cool like um, conversation starter. Like if when he wears the braces around like.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, well, where did you buy them? Yeah, where Why did you
0: get them? them? And they're so original. And well, my wife made them for me.
1: What? Yeah. <laughs> Very... yeah. I've made him suspenders out of every possible thing, including tatami berry. We went to Okayama like last year and uh, I found the, bargain bean of the tatami edging and i went crazy (laughs) and i made all sorts of things including several sets of suspenders with this tatami edging right the tatami edging yeah
0: wow yeah i've heard of it being made into things like bags like handbags yeah
1: like handles of bags but you can make i have suspenders apparently
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, that could be at a very popular line for you in the future. <laughs> Suspenders of all different things. Yeah,
1: yeah. You're I sure. should think about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, very, very cool. Yeah. So, um, lo- tell us about your shop. What's it
1: called? Kintsugi, like uh, Kintsugi, the art of um, putting together pottery with gold filling. Same thing here. <laughs> All
0: oh, right. So, um, you're talking about when a bowl is like yeah, a little you bit cracked yeah. and they repair it by putting gold in the crack or. Yeah.
1: Yes, exactly. So, cause my entire idea is to find beauty in the, um, items, which are, disc- I mean, in garbage basically, <laughs> or in things which are thrown away or discarded or forgotten. And, uh, I find that everything is beautiful, just needs a little bit of, you know, freshen up. Um, and that's the same principle behind Kintsugi, the art. So you, you break your ball and instead of throwing it away, you fix it and you make something which is even more beautiful. And, and in addition, you fix your ball. So yeah, that's not bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's so cool. I was wondering about the, the name you know kintsugi and i didn't like because even though you know i speak japanese really well not really well reasonably well i didn't know that that's what it's called when they repair the bowl with um, the gold right so okay that's where the kintsugi comes from and yeah that's that's a beautiful background to have for the name of your um your your business yeah yeah that's very very cool and so what's going to happen in the future with Kinzugi.
1: Ah, uh, so now I'm. So I must admit that I'm a bit. How can I say? Shy. Um. So I'm not. I. I've never really tried marketing that much myself, or putting myself out there. But this year, I did. Uh, uh, I decided that my goal for the year is to build a great. I mean, expand my community. So I always end up talking with people who sew, and people who sew, they can sew, so they will not buy my clothes. And I'm trying, <laughs> yeah, true. you know, yeah, so I'm trying to, uh, um, you know, build a community of other entrepreneurs or just people who are interested in, like, what I'm doing and talk to them and, you know, like, try to... I mean, expand my potential customer base, but even, even if I don't find customers, the thing I'm more, very passionate about is um, et- et- the so-called ethical fashion and uh, supply and chain transparency, workers' rights, all these kinds of topics. So even if I can find people who will listen to me uh, talking about this, that would be great <laughs> already. And then more business-wise, uh, um, I maybe should stop making items for me and make more items for my store. <laughs> um, I've recently got involved with several small like markets, uh, you know, like the kind of street markets or like area fair. And so it looks like I may be able to bring some uh, items I made for sale. So that would probably help me a bit, I hope. I would meet the Japanese people and show them my my crafts and that's very exciting actually. Yeah how do Japanese people react to when they see what you've made? Um, So actually it's kind of interesting because I did not by any means invent the idea of kimono remake. Many Japanese people have done it but Many so they 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 talk to me and they're like, Ah, yeah, 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 I know. And I remade, I took my frusade, my mother's frusade, and, and made the sleeves into a bag, for example. So they're familiar with the idea and they're kind of cool with it because they did not really think about remaking the kimono entirely in clothes. So at the beginning, especially older people, they're a bit taken aback, like, Eh, really, nanny. And mm-hmm. I try to explain and like, ah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, right. Because it's some of the inai, right? So, oh, yeah, it's actually a good idea. yeah too. And all the clothes I make are kind of loose. So, and sort of like, how can I say? Uh, they fit this kind of idea of like modern contemporary Japanese fashion more than like Western. So they, I mean, so far the reception among the Japanese population has been positive.
0: Yeah, like um, especially with the older generation, that concept of motainai is very strong, very strong with them. Yes. <clears throat> so I'm sure they really appreciate that you are bringing some life back to these, you know, wasted beautiful fabrics and things. Yeah, um, and yeah, I'm sure like your like upbringing in Italy and being surrounded by, you know, the the fashion that is in Italy. And bringing yes. your original sort of flavour to the Japanese fabric must have some interesting, um, <laughs> you know, things come out of it.
1: Oh yeah, sometimes, yeah. Um, I, yeah. Uh, my style is more. How can I say? Is um, well, uh, if a Japanese grandma was sent to Scandinavia to live in a farm, kind of, or I mean, <laughs> what? yeah. I mean, over the years, I've been told that my style is the love child of an Italian fashionista and a Japanese Zen monk. <laughs> uh, what a Japanese, or no, actually, the best description is what the Victoria Close of Biku Design told me. What a Jedi would wear out for dinner. <laughs> what a what? Sorry? What a Jedi. What a Jedi. a Jedi. Oh, that's so cool. And I was like, that's amazing. I'm so going with this description.
0: Yeah, I hope, yeah. yeah, got that on somewhere. <laughs> what a yeah. Jedi would wear out for dinner.
1: Well, for dinner, yeah, it's amazing. But yeah, I mean, I think being Italian, I come from a place which is famous for wool, wool weaving. And right. They make all the wool and cashmere for suits. And especially Zegna, which is the most famous among all these brands. Uh, is from my same village. Um, so many members of my uh, family, especially in the paternal side, worked in the weaving industry. Um, so I think what um, so what influenced me um, was mostly their um, sort of like menswear and tailoring side, not so much the fashion side. So I still like these kind of very structured uh, garments uh, with like very specific lines, and I like the rules uh, because now there are no more rules. In fashion, you can wear whatever, but traditionally there are color matching rules or silhouette matching or like proportions, all these things, these are important. And, um, and I'm trying to kind of like incorporate this in what I do, though I like to dress like a Zen monk in some way. So, you know, there is a continuous power struggle.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. And like, you've never trained in this area at all?
1: Oh no, no! I mean, this I've is been, just your hobby. Yeah, basically, I've been kind of sewing and a bit since childhood because we are strong in the make do and mend kind um, um, kind of ethos. So, you know, if something breaks, we would just fix it or take in your pants, or redo hems, this kind of stuff. But never actual garment sewing that. from. <laughs> From begin to finish, and mm-hmm. I—I mean, when I moved to Japan and I was like in between uh, finishing my master and starting my PhD, I had nothing to do and I was going insane. So <laughs> I had to find a hobby, and um, and as I mentioned before, I was involved in like ethical fashion, kuno Afford, Eileen Fisher, or Elizabeth Susan, like highly coveted ethical fashion friends. Mm. thought how hard can it be come on and I just bought a secondhand wash and and sewing machine and started sewing
0: right and
1: here we are
0: here we are (laughs) that's so cool so what would what advice would you give to people who are you know interested in being more ethical about their fashion about their clothing um like where do they start
1: so first of all try to wear your items more by Even using your any item you have, clothing a few months more you can significantly reduce uh, the um, carbon footprint. And and if you have to buy something, try first uh, looking for secondhand shops. And uh, and in general, especially just buy less, because this is um the problem, the major problem actually. What created all these issues now with waste, uh, waste management and. It's the fact that we are now in this very consumeristic society and, uh, and we have stopped um, we don't have the connection with other items anymore because everything is so abundant and uh, cheap and all over the place, you can get anything at any time, anywhere. And so by consuming less, you, you will not break the economy, first of all, and, um, and you will do a service to the environment and also like other workers. So that's what, and, and if you do have to buy from, like, high street, uh, fast fashion, uh, I mean, by all means, like, don't stop shopping, but don't make an addiction out of it. So if you need really need knickers and you, you find the knickers you love just from H&M, buy them. Just don't buy 100 of them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, like, for, I know for me, as, especially as a, like, living in the countryside, I don't generally see clothing shops on a daily basis yeah where i live um and so when i do get to the big smoke like tokyo i'm like wow shopping time and then i'm like yeah but i don't actually need anything you know (laughs) i have enough clothes it's kind of like this um there's like a habit yeah of oh i like this so i'll buy it but i don't actually need it yeah and i actually wear perhaps at the moment i've got sort of three rotating outfits that i wear um generally and a, a whole closet full of clothes that i will only wear on special occasions so mm. yeah it's it's very eye opening when you realize yeah just how much money we are spending on things we don't need yeah
1: yeah yeah i know this is a- very big problem for me because i also make i i I own a business so of course i want people to buy my things but i want them to do that with consciousness i mean consciously not just because they're like oh it's so pretty no i want my clothes to have a message and um and i like I, I will not be offended if somebody tells me, oh, I would like to buy this, but now I already have 15 dresses, so like, <laughs> yeah. I'm oppressed. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's fair enough. I mean, at least you're honest. Mm,
0: yeah. And, you know, in Tokyo, we there are some great events happening, like the clothes swap that...
1: Yes. Yeah,
0: where people can exchange clothes and freshen up your wardrobe without spending any money or, you know, buying things that... You know, brand new items and get you know great quality stuff and that's actually where we met isn't it
1: yes yes we met there yeah but i stalked you at the closing <laughs> very <That's> embarrassing
0: <laughs> yeah um so at the close swap, i um gave a little talk and i just sort of said i'd love to hear from people who are here today please come up and tell me um how you are being the change you want to see and this is kind of my catch not not a catchphrase but it's something i but I feel it's very important at the moment yes. for, for us. And um, you, can, yeah, you actually had to stalk me. <laughs>
1: yeah, I stalked you, literally. With me and Anna, this girl I met there, also we really wanted to talk to you, but you were always busy. So we, I don't know, like, it was really weird. We just kept following you everywhere until yeah. you were free. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And then I was looking at the clothes and you guys came over and you, you introduced yourselves and I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. You guys, I didn't realize that you wanted to talk to me for a while. I thought you were um, actually just talking to each other. And I was like, I didn't actually realize for a long time that you did not that you wanted to talk to me. (laughs) And then um, you actually were very helpful in helping me to, to pick (laughs) pick things because I'm not great at picking things. Uh, Like it's not something I, enjoy um and yeah you really helped me to pick out some items and I got some really cool things
1: so yeah I remember
0: now on Mm. um especially when it's getting warmer I've got some dresses and things I want to to break out it's going to be fun and the next clothes swap is happening soon in Tokyo and actually by the time this episode comes out it will have already finished um Mm -hmm. but it's been like complete it's completely exploded like with people wanting to come like it's it's full
1: yes now it now they had really had to close
0: they closed the um, registration, registration
1: earlier yeah because it, they just and after they said like to st- like stack entry so don't come actually it was very early when I, when I went the first time so that's dumb eh? don't do that <laughs> <laughs> so it starts at 2 and finishes at 5 and we have been told to maybe not all come at two somebody should come at three or four yeah
0: that's right so that um, be more clothes. <laughs> actually i found that you know and um, later in the afternoon was also good as well there were different stuff and things so don't feel like you're missing out if you did do come later so the next one will be in the summer so get that on your calendar as soon as it comes out and click going if you're going you can, going. Always, you can always click um you can unclick going later if you Find out you can't come, but otherwise you will sort of miss out. Yeah. So (laughs) um, it's going to be a really popular event. And I'm also, I'm actually really interested in starting a similar event up here where I live in Fukushima. Because when I went to the clothes swap and I told my friends about it here afterwards, they're like, wow, that sounds great. We need to have something like that here. And I was like, really, do you think like people in this area would also be into it? Because, you know, at the clothes swap in Tokyo, it's like 80% foreigners who are there. Swapping clothes,
1: actually, mm. isn't it?
0: Yeah, there's not yeah. that many Japanese people. It's very much a foreign community event. Um, there are some Japanese people who do come though, and they sort of were like, "Yeah, yeah, it it would work, it would work." And I was like, "Okay." Um, so who knows what will happen up here? We may get one happening mm. very soon. I hope so. It would be a really, it's a really fun event. I think. Mm.
1: Yeah, but I think, I don't know, now I've been talking with my, so I'm in an old Japanese lab, I'm the only foreigner, and um, I try to not educate them, but like talk about these things, and uh, some, for example, of younger people, like my age or so, would be interested, for example, and because they like things, they, they're, at least my Japanese friends here are kind of hoarders, no judgment, but they're kind of hoarders, and um so they they like to have new things, uh, but they don't necessarily have the disposable income. Yeah,
0: um,
1: and I, I mean and I guess they're symptomatic of a new movement in Japanese uh, in the in the Japanese population. I guess so. Yeah, totally go for it. Uh, yeah, and I think the clothing swap here in Tokyo is mostly targeting foreigners, also because the I mean all the ads and the communities all in English. That's right. Yeah. It's, yeah, uh... mostly.
0: Um, yeah, it's not like Japanese people would necessarily get the information about the event. So that's yeah. why they're not there. Yeah, exactly.
1: So possible. So, mm. if you, I mean, I think you should totally do that in in rural Fukushima. I I mean, if I were nearby, I would totally come. Well, you should come. It's only two hours away. <laughs> yeah, actually, like last two weeks ago, I went to Sendai. I have a dear friend in Sendai. She's also a PhD student, but she works with Rice and then I went to Sendai to visit her, and it's like two and two hours only, and Sendai is further than Fukushima, so I thought, oh, maybe. Yeah,
0: it we is, serious,
1: but you can take the bullet train to
0: Sendai, which does help. We don't have one yeah. that comes here, but anyway, it's two hours, two and a bit hours to get here, so not that far. It's, it's not a nice far. day trip. Mm. Yeah, and we have onsens here as well, so you can go on the onsen and then head back to Tokyo. Yeah,
1: Yeah. And I think Fukushima has some specific textile. Now I'm very obsessed with Japanese textiles because every single, well, like most of the Ken and uh, also many places, I mean, different cities in the same in the same prefecture have their own special textiles. Like Okinawa has four or six, but yeah, but they're new, so they're different. And I think Fukushima also has some special textile, which I forgot, obviously I have to check. <laughs> um, I
0: think you're right, and it's Probably in the Aizu area, which is the very mountain, middle of
1: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Maybe. away from the sea. I'm on the seaside here, mm. um, over in the mountains. I think they, they do have their own sort of uh, textile and, and things there. Yeah. Okay. Well, who knows what will happen now that we may have a clothes swapping event happening in Fukushima um, sometime in the near future, but yeah, it, I, I really do um, love how there is a, a movement coming, you know, up more and more of let's just use what we have. We don't always have to go and buy something new and let's exchange things and enjoy each other's stuff as well. And that's good too. Let's remake things that into something even better than it was before potentially and give it a new life and a new purpose. Yeah, that's so awesome. So any final words before we end our episode today?
1: Uh, yeah, so I would like to encourage all the listeners to uh, implement the three R's. So being, three R's to be in reduce, reuse and recycle. And especially remember that recycling should be your last um, resort. Uh, first, to try to reduce the need for new virgin materials. By, for example, bringing your own cup if you take coffee from the company, or bring your own paper bag or cloth bag. These kind of small actions, and um, and then if you're s- s- sick and tired of something, just rehome it. Don't throw it away. Do your own swaps. Ask your friends if they want to like exchange items. Not just clothing. Like anything can be done. Um, and yeah, just like be. Conscious and responsible because we don't live in vacuum, and all of our actions have repercussions uh, um, somewhere else, uh, not necessarily in front of us, but yeah it, and um, and so and also remember that as a customer or consumer, you have a great power. So you can vote with your wallet and give a message to um, companies uh, which support uh, your beliefs or which don't support your belief if you don't buy from them and um, so yeah that's it and thank you for having me on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> okay rough wrap it up
0: thank you yes it's good to remember that it's recycling is the last resort it's not yeah. you know oh i can recycle this so it's okay to buy it yeah
1: yeah because especially many things like pt bottles for example they cannot be recycled in new pt bottles because pt oh. is semi-porous so um, you can only recycle it down the chain, not at the same level. Um, yeah. And I think that's like, and also like for PT it can only be recycled if it's like clean. So I see many people in my own apartment building where I am the only, I'm my husband and we are the only foreigners. So some Japanese people in the building don't wash the containers, don't peel the labels and all these things to make it then impossible for the objects to be recycled right and, um, yeah because they're recycling <laughs> yeah. yeah they still because they separate but because i understand that they don't see um their recycling and waste disposal is kind of like a far away thing because yeah. the gummy is taken away at night or early in the morning you don't see it so you think once you have disposed of the item it's not your problem anymore but it is actually um, I would really like to organize trips to landfill or recycling and waste disposal centers so we can all like you know understand the gravity of the situation.
0: Mm, Yeah yeah and like when I talk to people like you know here in Japan about it they're like yeah but I'm recycling and you know and I'm like yeah that's great but what about just yeah not using it in the first place that would be even better but you know actually what you think you're recycling is actually just being put into landfill now because Potentially not even being recycled, even though you're separating, um, you know, like for example, those hard, harder plastics and the soft plastics. There's yeah, nowhere yes. for them to go, even to be recycled these days. So sometimes they're just being burnt, or that you know, like the you think it's being recycled, but it's not. So um, they're like, really? Oh my goodness! So a lot of people, yeah, really do not know what happens to their trash once
1: it's yeah, and their it's house. not yeah. yes, and it's not like bad will; no. it's just ignorance. So yeah, yeah, we just we just don't know exactly so and if you know you have a duty to inform others
0: yeah that's true yeah all right so thank you so much for coming along and talking to me today and thank you so much for being brave and actually reaching out and saying hey i want to be a guest on your podcast but i really <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> applaud bravery and i know you said that you know you were a bit nervous about doing it so now that you've done it what's your message to anyone who's thinking about being on the, on the Transformations podcast?
1: Oh yeah. Just go for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is really out of my comfort zone because this, this really says something nobody understands because I'm Italian and I'm kind of sociable, but I'm not social. So like talking to someone, it really, it's really out of my comfort zone, especially because I don't think I'm very impressive. So I'm like, why do people people listen to me? I mean, but if you if you have a message you care about, then you should just go for it, and there will be somebody else who understands and will listen to you, and you will have made an impact.
0: Exactly. And what's the worst that could happen, right? I could have said no. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, exactly. And then okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I just want everyone to to hear that. You know, like, um, you know, even if you're a little bit or worried or think think that you have nothing interesting to say it's complete rubbish so please do just um yes reach out to me and say hi i want to be on the podcast so i'll be more than happy to talk to you about um what we could actually talk about on the podcast together Mm -hmm. so yeah um i'm really excited you're being the change you want to see emilia and um i love the clothes that you have on your online store so everyone pop over and check out Kinsugi on instagram and see the very cool cool um jedi um what is it jedi going out for dinner clothes (laughs) it's such a great explanation thank you victoria from biku designs for that um that uh way of explaining the fashion
1: yeah it's fantastic much better than love child of italian fashionista and a japanese buddhist monk
0: yeah okay it's a it's a um
1: yeah we're moving up (laughs) we're moving out like
0: evolving yeah
1: evolving yeah
0: very good all right well thank you so much for coming today and we look forward to seeing what you get up to in the future all right
1: all right thank you for having me (laughs) bye-bye bye
0: So that was an interview with Emilia, who is doing some really great work, um, you know, starting, well, being the change that she wants to see. I love that phrase. Like, I just think that's an awesome phrase that we can all use in our own way that's meaningful to, to us or to you. And she's being the change that she wants to see in the world. She wants to see a change in the way that um, we use things, that how we um, – especially in the fashion industry, and she's actually going out and doing things and making some very, very beautiful clothes so that, you know, you don't have to walk around in a sack <laughs> and be, you know, taking care of the environment. You can look good, too. And I really love um, that what uh, Victoria from Biku Designs lit, um, sort of the way she summarized her fashion sense as something a, a Jedi would wear to dinner that's very very cool I want to look like a is dressed up for dinner <laughs> like her clothing was a very sort of comfortable look to it but very stylish as well so being comfortable and stylish like what could be better right um, and I think also it works very well in Japan as that sort of um, look is potentially not as popular overseas at the moment but definitely works well in Japan so a great way to sort of blend in a little bit if you want to there go over and check out her Instagram um, it's at Kensugi, I think it is and have a look at uh, some of her photos she's got there of things that she's made herself which is very very cool um, says me who can only sew in a straight line but I do have one of my daughter who's seven who is getting into her sewing she's got her own little sewing machine that she gets out sometimes and makes things with so who knows maybe she will be <laughs> uh, doing something similar in the future as well Yeah, so we talked a lot about um, being the change you want to see in the world. And so I encourage you as well to go out and do, you know, something that will make even some small change, you know, whether it's even just in your neighborhood that you want to see in the world because everything does count. And when we just think of ourselves as, you know, what does it matter if if only if I take my own shopping bag to the convenience store Well, it does matter, but if you do it 10 times, that's 10 10 shopping bags less, right? So, um, yeah, just do what you can and start. it's good to start somewhere. And, yeah, I know I definitely struggle with (laughs) trying to get the the people in the store to use my shopping bag, but um, Amelia actually gave me that um, advice of just – going and looking them straight in the eye when you get there and saying, that I don't need a bag. I don't need chopsticks. I don't need all the other stuff you're going to try and give me that I don't need. Um, Just say it straight away and um, you'll get in the habit and it'll become normal. Yeah. So yeah, that's all for today. I hope you will take part in the celebration, Uh, become a member of the celebration team and help me uh, celebrate the one year anniversary of the transformations podcast. And also, um, you know, get yourself in the draw for that awesome prize that I have, which I'm not telling you about um, and <laughs> because I want you to come over and help me celebrate. And yeah, let's make it another awesome year for the Transformations with Jane podcast. I'm super excited about what will happen in the next year. So coming up on the podcast soon, I have uh Jasmine coming along. She is an awesome uh, foodie who loves to create recipes. We're going to be talking about um, how we can just make cooking and food more enjoyable for everyone. Coming up in the next few episodes, I also have, oh, I'm very excited to be interviewing uh, someone who I met in California last year. Her name is Silke. She is originally from Germany, but she is also someone who works as a healer. And yeah, she is really, really, really lovely. And I cannot wait to interview her and have her on the podcast soon. So please look out for those coming soon. And if you would like to be on the podcast, you know, all you have to do is shoot me a message on Instagram at, at Jane Nakata, which is what Amelia herself did. She got up the courage to ask me to be on the podcast and it happened. Yeah. So definitely like this is a pod. If you're listening to the podcast, Um, you know, this podcast is for you, so why not be on it yourself, yeah, (laughs) if you have something you'd love to share, um, whether it's about your business, or um, the way you're, you know, living your life in Japan, then I'd love to have you on as a guest in the near future, so thank you so much for listening today, and I hope to have you listen again soon, thank you, bye-bye. 皆さんこんにちは。あの、ニューロサイエンス。ニューロ。でも、副業<笑> あと、あの、の服をあの、。なのでファストそのやってみたらもうすごいあの違うことになるんですよね。もし毎日あのコンビニ行くときにビニール使わないんだったらもう全然違いますね。なので自分からできることで始まりましょうっていうあの話がありました。でエミリアさんはあのにあったのは東京のあの。もう服を。ただ、で、<笑> あの、<笑><私のスタイリストって笑> から終わっちょっと あの、, 商品なので<笑>ぜひ、あの、